Way. My name is Will Appleby, and this is Animal Matters. On today's show, last Friday was Judgment Day. No, nothing to do with John Connor and artificial intelligence. The Wellington High Court finally released its judgment on farrowing crates. We'll discuss what the ruling is and what comes next. And four live export ships have arrived in two weeks. Over 20,000 cars have been shipped, which begs the question, how much longer until the government releases the live export review? Animal Matters is brought to you by Safe for Animals, New Zealand's leading animal rights organisation. As always, we're here to open up for discussion the key issues facing animals. We bring you the latest news and commentary every fortnight with a focus on the exploitation of animals. Firstly, some apologies are in order for the lateness of this episode. Some of you may have been scratching your heads last week wondering why there was no new episode. A lot has happened in the last few weeks, which has taken up much of my attention. There's a lot to talk about today. To start with, it won't come as a surprise to many of you that we officially have a new government. Three weeks ago, the Labour Party and the Green Party signed their so-called cooperation agreement, and earlier this month, our ministers were sworn in at Government House. The cooperation agreement between Labour and the Greens gave co-leaders Marba Davidson and James Shaw ministerial portfolios. Shaw retains Minister for Climate Change and became Associate Minister for Environment, while fellow co-leader was given the new role of Minister for the Prevention of Family and Sexual Violence. Davidson was also made Associate Minister of Housing. The Greens would also chair two select committees. The details of these, as well as the rest of the select committees, are to be announced when the 53rd Parliament opens on November 25th. The two parties have also agreed to cooperate on areas they have common goals, which include achieving the purpose and goals of the Zero Carbon Act, protecting the environment and biodiversity, and improving child well-being and marginalised communities. Given the fact that the Labour Party have won the majority of seats in Parliament, they don't need the Greens to form a government. Hence, this is a much less formal agreement than a confidence and supply agreement or a coalition agreement. It's no surprise then that there isn't a comprehensive policy programme in this agreement, nor much in the way of policy wins for the Greens. It looks like animal welfare barely made it to the discussion table, but I doubt the Greens were in much of a position to push specific policy goals. After coming to an agreement with the Greens, the next cab off the rank was forming Cabinet and appointing the rest of the government ministers. Pundits from across the political spectrum have analysed these appointees to no end, so I won't go into too many details, but there's a few decisions worth mentioning. Grant Robertson, who's also now Deputy Prime Minister, is now Minister for Racing. This is a portfolio that should really just be ditched. It's ludicrous that the racing industry continues to get special treatment, and any responsibilities required of a minister in regards to the racing industry should just be folded into the sport and recreation portfolio, which conveniently Robertson also is Minister for. David Parker retains Minister for the Environment and picks up Minister for Oceans and Fisheries. This could be a quite good pairing, 
While the Minister hasn't gone far enough with winter grazing rules or other environmental protections within the agriculture space, he has been pretty fearless at staring down the agriculture lobby. One would hope that he would be just as fearless when it comes to big fishing companies, and he'll get a proper rollout of cameras on fishing vessels quickly. Unsurprisingly, Damien O'Connor remains as Minister of Agriculture. What is a surprise, though, is Mika Faitiri. She's made a comeback. She will be a minister outside of Cabinet and is returned as Associate Minister of Agriculture with responsibility for animal welfare. It's good to see that finally the Labour government are putting a focus back on animal welfare. It would be better if there was a dedicated minister for animal welfare, but it's a step in the right direction. The role of Ministerial Responsibility for Animal Welfare has been vacant for nearly two years and was last held by Mika Faitiri until she was sacked over allegations of bullying in her office. Mika Faitiri still ultimately reports to Damien O'Connor and she doesn't have a seat in Cabinet, so we'll have to see how this pans out. They have their work cut out for them though. There's lots to do and animals are suffering. The halt on live exports, which was put in place following the Gulf Livestock 1 tragedy, has now lifted, and exporters did not waste any time. Within two weeks, four ships arrived in New Zealand at ports in Napier, Timaru and Taranaki, and cleared the backlog, so to speak, of 24,000 cows that have been in quarantine for two months. The resumption of live exports was a relief to exporters who have been jumping up and down about the money they would lose if those 24,000 cars couldn't be exported. But animal-loving New Zealanders were dismayed. SAFE organised a protest at Napier Port for the Yangtze Fortune's arrival and the Taranaki Animal Rights Group protested at their port for the arrival of Ocean Ute and Timaru locals got together and organised their own protests to coincide with the arrival of two other ships. Side note, I grew up in Timaru, and I can safely say it's not a town that's particularly known for its progressiveness. Agriculture is Timaru's backbone and relies heavily on its port and farms. It was wonderful to see locals stand up and make a statement in opposition to live exports. Even workers from one of the local slaughterhouses came to the protest. The question now is, how much longer is the government going to sit on their hands? It's been well over a year since Damien O'Connor announced his review of the live export trade. It kicked off in June last year following news from Sri Lanka that cows were suffering and dying after being exported from New Zealand. The review was allegedly delayed due to the government's response to COVID-19, but in September, the minister confirmed that the review can be expected after the election. Well... Tick-tock. We have a new government now, and Damien O'Connor has had plenty of time to get his feet under the table with a new team. Any further delay can no longer be justified. The minister needs to get it finished. Moving away from Parliament, last week was a big week in the courts. We finally have decisions on two court cases. I'll leave the most exciting one for last. Last week, Whangarei District Court found Northland farmer Derek Robinson guilty of ill-treating rodeo animals after he used an electric prodder on two distressed steers. The offences took place at the Mid-Northern Rodeo near Whangarei in two separate events, one in 2016 and the other in 2017. The court also found that Mr Robinson used his prodder unnecessarily on 22 other rodeo animals, including calves, 
although in those cases the court could not be certain whether the product was turned on and gave Mr Robinson the benefit of the doubt. The case was a private prosecution bought by the New Zealand Animal Law Association. The offences were originally reported at the time to MPI after a checkpoint story ran on RNZ. The MPI inspector who investigated the incidents recommended a prosecution against Mr Robinson, but MPI officials decided against the recommendation and issued a warning. Clearly that was the wrong decision, and MPI should have prosecuted. It should never have been left to volunteers and charities to file a private prosecution when it should be the job of the agency responsible for monitoring and enforcing animal welfare. This is the first ever rodeo prosecution in New Zealand's history. MPI now have inspectors at all rodeo events across the country. Eyewitnesses claim that offences at rodeos occur regularly and complaints to MPI almost always result in a warning. The path should now be clear for MPI to be more proactive at prosecuting when offences do occur at rodeo events. Otherwise, what's the point of MPI even being there? So it wasn't a good start last week for the animal welfare establishment, and it was only set to get worse. Last year, SAFE and the New Zealand Animal Law Association filed court proceedings at the Wellington High Court against the use of firing crates. We've talked a lot about this case on the show, so we'll skip to the good stuff. On Friday, the Wellington High Court released its judgment. In short, we won. The High Court has ruled that the Minister of Agriculture and the National Animal Welfare Advisory Committee have acted illegally when they failed to phase out the use of firing crates. They've also ruled that the regulations and minimum standards which allow firing crates are unlawful. This is massive. It's a landmark decision. Another first for the courts, this is the first time a code of welfare has been challenged in court in this way. This had been a long time coming, but it's not quite over yet. Our partners at the New Zealand Animal Law Association have been reviewing the High Court judgments and considering the impact such a landmark ruling will have. We have certainly won the biggest and most important challenge for mother pigs. However, the battle for justice is not over yet. When we received the judgment on Friday, we also heard that our opposition in this case, the Minister for Agriculture, Damien O'Connor, and the National Animal Welfare Advisory Committee, would have 20 days to appeal the ruling. The Code of Welfare for Pigs must now be amended. This is a crucial piece of legislation that determines how pigs are treated. The amendment of the Code of Welfare cannot be rushed. Lastly, as with battery cages, firing crates will likely be subject to a phase-out period to allow farmers to transition to new farming systems or to leave pig farming altogether. The phase-out of firing crates will not happen overnight. From the beginning of this campaign, we have promised not to give up on mother pigs, and we meant it. With your help, we will keep the pressure on the Minister of Agriculture and NARWAC to amend the Code of Welfare and to implement a fair phase-out plan to end the use of firing crates for good. Justice has been served, and we will be watching closely to make sure our government follows through. We'll keep you posted. You have been listening to Animal Matters. This podcast is brought to you by Safe for Animals, New Zealand's leading animal rights organisation and produced by myself, Will Appleby. Make sure you subscribe to stay across Animal Matters on whatever your favourite podcast platform is. 
If you're listening on Apple, please leave a rating as it helps other listeners to find the show. Until next time, Matewa.